Welcome, welcome, everyone, back to Jack of No Trades. Feels like it's been a while. We're glad to be here, and we've got a great episode for you today. Tay, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. It has it has been a little while. Um, it's it's funny. We have a, a podcast that needs to be put out as we are making this podcast. So back order, that, dude. What's going on? <laughs> I'm dropping the ball. That's what's going on. But it'll be out soon. It'll be We're going to lose listeners, dude, and, and you're killing that because that last podcast was about Chris Cornell. It's right. losing well, its moment. Everyone's moving on. It's the Allman it'll, Brothers now. <laughs> it's not the Allman <laughs> Brothers. It'll be he ready. Died. It'll be ready. Uh, well, okay. Well, get, get the freaking work, dude. All right? We're never going to make money if you don't freaking get podcasts out on the air. Well, right? you need to be on Twitter, too, if we're going to go down that road. Ooh, got me. Well, we are pleased to welcome a first-time guest on the show and hopefully a future guest on the show, Blake. What's up, Blake? How's it going, guys? Good to be here. Glad to have you. So we brought you on because you have a very particular set of skills, unlike I do. Liam Neeson or uh, Brian from the <laughs> Taken franchise. And I don't rape people, so that's awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> so different. Blake is a tender soul while Brian is a coarse, ho- hollow soul. Um, Blake, we brought you on today because we have a, a big contest, if not a competition, if not a debate that is going to go down today on the pod, Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift. And you were representing Taylor Swift. How do you feel about that, man? Are you ready? I'm, I'm pretty ready. They're definitely apples and oranges, but I'm pretty excited for this. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm really curious to see what you, you put out for us. Taylor Swift is a very well-liked figure, so you may have hordes of people trying to kill you if you do this wrong. <laughs> it's true. It's it's a lot of pressure. And I'd be remiss if I did not introduce Natalie from the Makeup Pod back onto the show. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? She just threw up peace sign over here, guys. Literally. <laughs> I forget you guys can't see me, but I did. I'm saying peace out. She's, a, she's appealing to our Japanese fans, so it's all she good. She is. That's right. Hello, cat. Here for you guys. Oh, uh, we are ready. So here's how it's going to go down today. This debate between Katy Perry and Taylor Swift has been going on for about how long, Natalie? Um, it's been going on for a while because for those of you that don't know, there's some pretty awkward history between Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Oh, really? Yeah. Like what? Well, if you go to Taylor Swift's Instagram page, you just see she's like famous for visually name dropping celebrities like she wants to be friends with every celebrity out there and she will just post pictures with them just send shout outs to them just to try to like be friends with them and if she's not friends with them then she's just trying to like slyly destroy them or do other things and she doesn't have a great relationship with Katy Perry so there's been some beef some subtweets Ooh, Some drama going on there. <laughs> Very <laughs> fond of subtweeting. Yeah. Uh, wow, is he going to get some points right there? So if we think about it, they're similar in a lot of ways. They're both pop artists, right? They, they have a wide-ranging wide audience. Katy Perry started in Christian rock. Taylor Swift started in country music. And then they slowly moved their ways into mainstream pop music. So there's a lot of similarities. Tay, you're going to be representing Katy Perry. That's right. 
why were you so interested in representing her? Because I I think she's better than Taylor Swift, and I want to make sure that that point gets across to to anyone who will listen. Uh, I think that she's a a special one of a kind artist, and I don't think Taylor Swift is. Wow, shots fired. So the format for today's episode. We have several categories, extensive categories, going over the two. You each will have a chance to argue on behalf of each, both Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. Natalie and I will both give you a point for whoever we agree with. After the set rounds, whoever has the most points wins the debate. So this is a fairly objective process we're going to be in today. Do you guys have any questions before we get started? No, I think I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Okay. You good? Yep. All right. Let's start off with the best single. Now, are we interpreting this as their best song or the best single they've ever released at a certain well, point in time? Well, a single's an actual thing. Like it's right. ob- it's objective. So, a song that was released as a single, I think is how we're okay. going to do it. Something that dropped on the radio most likely. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh let's let you kick it off, Tay. What is Katy Perry's best single? Okay. So this this is the category that I'm super excited about because <laughs> Katy Perry is the queen of singles. So I uh went onto the recording industry of America's website, which is you know when an album's platinum or a single. Uh-huh. That's where that information comes from. So I looked up the information for both Katy Perry and Taylor Swift on this website. So um if Blake disagrees with me. He can suck a big fat dick because <laughs> my my stats are right. The numbers are right. So let's let's get this started. Katy Perry has had the most six million sale sold uh, singles of any artist. No one's ever done that. Um, she's also the only artist to ever have a single in the top one hundred Billboard for a whole year. Hmm. What song was that? So that song was Firework, which is her best single. 10 million sales. Uh, blows Taylor Swift out of the water. Her top three singles are all have more sales than Taylor Swift's top single of all time, which is Shake It Off, which is a gay-ass song. So, um, <laughs> so Firework is her best song. It's powerful. It's a closer. It gets the crowd going everyone can relate to it everyone's felt like a plastic bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again (laughs) everyone has felt like that before and that's why firework is the best single Katy perry's ever done wow okay blake let's say you (laughs) i'll be honest the singles it's kind of a hard one for me Katy perry's she's good with the singles i will say i did pick shake it off because I think it's by far Taylor Swift's most successful single. Um, one thing I did find about Shake It Off is that she leads between Taylor Swift and Katy Perry with the most YouTube views for a music video, 2.1 billion views. Oh. Which is kind of big. The next one in line to that is Roar with 2 billion views, which, to be honest, is the one I thought you were going to pick, Taylor. So you got me there. <laughs> Um, she comes in with 8 million cells, not too shy of what you said for fireworks. Just, but, just 2 million, but whatever. You know, still up there. Um, another fact about Shake It Off, 
first single to reach radio's top 10 in two weeks or fewer since 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, last time that happened was with Lady Gaga's Born This Way. So, you might have me in cells, but I have you in YouTube views. Which is saying a lot. That's where the people access these, these artists' music. Which really, and for someone as visual as Katy Perry, that's kind of a big deal. Ooh. Good point. Good point. Okay, so but, Taylor, oh, but those, those numbers can be inflated on YouTube, and that's that's <laughs> the difference. Is you have inflation, um, you have bought views, you can pay for views. People could watch the video several times. We don't know how many people are watching that, and also the YouTube algorithm is shit. Uh, ask any YouTuber right now, and they'll say that the videos that show up on people's feeds are all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, who knows? Maybe Taylor Swift uh, corroborated with Google to put her video in front of Katy Perry's roar on YouTube. Who knows? I'm just saying. Um, we can't trust what YouTube says. All right. The digital data aside, which is a better song, Shake It Off or Firework? Musically. Are you asking? Musically, lyrically, or production value? Let's go production value as a whole. Your experience with each song. Which is going to drive you less crazy after five repeated listens? For me, it's definitely Shake It Off. It's something that I've heard a lot. Um, I'm still not tired of it. Okay. <laughs> Taken, you sit by a firework for five five listens in a row. Compared to Shake It Off? Hell yeah. Dude, they play Shake It Off at Guantanamo. I'm telling you. That song gets stuck they in play your... Katy Perry. They play Katy Perry at Guantanamo. Uh, they, don't play, they don't play firework at Guantanamo. And for different reasons. From your very mouth, you said they played I Kiss a Girl because it's not in line with Islamic culture and values. So they do that to <laughs> piss them true. off. It's not because it's annoying as hell. They would play Shake It Off to... That's just another result of it. To drive the prisoners mad. Uh, firework is better. It's inspirational. Shake It Off is gay. It's like, you're making fun of me. I'm just going to shake it off. I'm just <laughs> shake it off. She's in that gay... Tutu ballerina. Firework thing. is the favorite song of Kim Jong Un. Come on. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's funny you said that, Blake. Because I was, I was kind of leaning more towards Shake It Off as a whole, but you just reminded me that Firework is in the interview, and James Franco and Kim Jong Un riding a tank together and blow shit up to Firework. So my <laughs> point is going to Firework. Yes. <laughs> All right, I think my point has to go to Firework 2 because when it comes down to it, I'm going to listen to Firework five times over Shake It Off. Thank you. All right, Blake, don't okay, get down touche. on this one. This was a tough one for you. All the right, the th single was – that was a tough one. That's a tough one. But where do you really shine or Taylor Swift really shine? It's in her albums. She puts together a nice album. I'm actually really impressed most of the time with how many hits she puts on top to bottom – one of her her CDs. I was looking through the track list and I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe all those songs were on one album. So go ahead. Best album between Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. For this, I want you guys to choose one album and argue for it, please. Just one. Not a collection of albums, but just one album. Blake, go ahead. Okay. I think this one's a pretty obvious one for me. I'm going to pick 1989. Because okay. Taylor Swift has very steadily... Um, gained fans and just raised her sales over her career. So she's still on her way up, which is great. Um, 1989. So this is, this is what I decided that there were, 
out of 13 original songs, there are about 11 great songs on that album, and seven of them were singles, if you include the New Romantics or whatever song that was on the deluxe. But either way, um, there's at least six singles on there. So sales for this, um, 95, or 9.5 million album sales worldwide, mm-hmm. and then 6 million sales in the U.S. Um, so we'll let Taylor say his album. Okay. All right. So I think that the two artists, they write albums for different reasons and with different objectives. Um, I think that Teenage Dream is Katy Perry's best album. Uh, there's just so many hits on it's it's like a greatest hits album it's kind of like you know the cars their self-titled album the cars it's just like essentially their greatest hits it's it's that for Katy perry basically but i will say that Katy perry is able to connect her tours to her albums better than taylor swift so Mm. she may not Mm. she may not have the sales of taylor swift but as a whole and as an experience for the listener, I think she does a much better job um, with her music videos. Uh, her, I watched the Prismatic World Tour on oh, on Hulu. I didn't go in person, but just the production value of that show alone is—it's like she's writing the script for a movie when she writes an album, and with all of her different set pieces and everything. And Teenage Dreams the same way. I mean, look at California Girls' music video. Um, Teenage Dream has a great music video. They have these great videos where you can almost like picture a scene in your mind when you listen to it. And so Teenage Dream may not have the sales of 1989, but I still think it's a better album. Okay. What's your favorite tracks off 1989, Blake, that make it really stand out for you? Um, I think Shake It Off is great. Um, also Wildest Dreams. Um, there was that one towards the end of the album, um, the I Know Places song. Um, other than that, like it's it's just full of hits. And what's funny is that there's so many singles that there's great songs on there that could have been singles. I just don't think there was room for them. Right. Natalie, what are your thoughts? Any other questions for him? Um, I want you both to pick a favorite song off of your album that you picked. Okay. Uh, for me, for me, um, for will be me. <laughs> uh, Teenage Dream. Okay. I think Teenage Dream is a great song. And I think you know you have a great it's song. It's about having sex. Exactly. Fantastic. But I, I think you know you have a good album when other people want to cover your music and make other versions of it. And I feel like Katy Perry has many more people trying to cover and do different arrangements of her music than Taylor Swift. I disagree with that, but okay, you're, you're fair to say that. Blake, what about you? Favorite song you connected with? Um, You know, one of my favorite songs was actually uh, Blank Space. I thought it was just a great song. Also, I really like style. I really like the sound of it. And I thought it's it's very different for Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really shows the production value that she can bring to a song and to an entire album. The whole album had great production value. Where I felt like a lot of um, the songs on Teenage Dream kind of sounded the same. And the ones that weren't singles, just they kind of fell way by the wayside. Interesting. 
Okay. Anything else you want to hear, Natalie? Uh, no, I think that gives us enough to vote on. Go ahead. I gotta give it to Taylor for Teenage yeah. Dream. Yes! You gotta be more specific. With oh, Taylor dang it. Um, Alright, well, that's one from Natalie. Why did you pick Katy Perry? Um, I think Teenage Dream. When it came out, I was personally a teenager, so I think I just kind of connected with it more. Like, that was... That was in. That was my life, and I was just playing that on repeat. So for me, it just resonates a little bit more. Blake, I'm giving you a point. T Swift is getting a point for me for best album because she seems to have a theme, overall arching theme in mind when she makes an album. Uh, 1989 kind of pulls into all these things about things that have shaped her and who she is. Whereas Katy Perry's album, they're very catchy and they are filled with hits. It does feel like a collection of songs rather than a complete CD for me. And I'm a freaking snob with that. It's true. I definitely see Taylor's music as more personal. And I think that's because she probably has a heavier hand in writing it than Katy Perry does, I would Uh argue. Yes. Speculation. Speculation. (laughs) I I think it's an album that Taylor Swift gets a point. So, boom. You're on the board, Blake. (laughs) Stay in this. You're not out. All right, let's go to best live performance. Now, you guys decided, rather than just choosing who has the best kind of live act, which is really kind of hard to judge. All of this is semi-hard to judge. But that could be really hard to judge because tour to tour could be def- totally different based on the music. You each picked a performance of theirs to use as your benchmark. Blake, you went with a softer, more intimate piece, Taylor Swift playing Wildest Dreams at the Grammy Museum. Which was amazing. Which I just watched just to make sure that I was aware. It was very good. And Taylor chose Katy Perry's Super Bowl performance, which is a which is a completely different production. It's the complete opposite of what you picked, Blake. So I found that very interesting. I believe they both played a strengths for sure of each artist. I could see that. Okay, so let's go with Tay. Why? Is Katy Perry a better live performer in that setting for the Super Bowl? <laughs> okay, so if I'm if I'm stuck to the first off, has Taylor Swift ever done a Super Bowl? No, uh, it's the biggest. Not yet. <laughs> it's the biggest. Not yet. Uh, she's not going to. She's. Let's be honest. She's been around longer than Katy Perry, and they, she's never done it. I don't think she's going to. I think her best days are behind <laughs> her. She peaked at Fearless, unfortunately. Um, but Katy Perry has taken the pop star production to the next level with her live performances. Um, She's like a magician out there with her costume changes, her dancing, the choreography, the lights. As someone who's gotten into stage lighting a little bit, I can tell you it is amazing the things that she's able to do, just how amazing it looks. She rode a freaking robot tiger out onto the field for (laughs) Roar. I mean, nobody's ever done that before. I mean, uh, Lady Gaga pretended to... commit suicide jumping off the <laughs> the stadium but you're seeing a robot tiger and don't be like left shark bro left shark that's not her fault that dude didn't come prepared um it was spectacular you can't watch that i mean you know it's good when something that could be viewed as kind of feminine just wows everyone like you can't deny it when like a what like does that a, mean like a bros like oh that's for chicks whatever but he sees that and goes wow that was amazing 
Uh, she he sees tits, is what he sees. No, exactly. He sees she... tits, dude. I'm taking that argument out. That's trash. Guys are all about watching hot young girl performers for that very reason. But as a performer, you can tell that she puts in the work. Taylor Swift kind of phones it in. That's okay. That's... I, I have a question. Yeah. What do you think Taylor is the best aspect of a live performance from a musician? Um, well, I think obviously the music first and foremost, which is kind of obvious, but the lights are almost as important as the music. Um, one of my, I agree. Presentation is great. One of my favorite bands, Muse, uh, uses lots of props and lights and they make an amazing show where it gives the music a whole new light and in perspective. And so, um, I think in pop, I think that's almost more important than uh, just you going up there and singing. Sorry, it's it's different. Okay, Blake, what about you? Okay, can can I rebuttal to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, please. Okay, so here's the thing: I watched the Super Bowl video, and I I agree the choreography and the lights they were amazing. But in all Super Bowls, those are amazing. Um, here's what I saw. Um, when it first starts out and she's singing Roar, she sounds pretty weak. Like, let's be honest. If you watch it, you can agree she sounds pretty weak. And then she picks it up and starts singing pretty well, but she kind of has some shoddy, like, aspects throughout it. So I actually looked into this, and it turns out Katy Perry's a lip syncer, and I don't know if that's common in the Ooh. Super Bowl. But, she, listen, she had an interview with E.T. where they were talking about it, and this is a quote from her saying, I think a lot of it will be live. That That's what she put out as far as how her lip syncing will go. Huh, so are you speculating that she likely sang the first part live, which is why it's shaky, and then the parts that were good were most likely lip sync? If you go back and listen, you will be able to tell because I actually found another video of Katy Perry lip syncing an entire concert, and then they had some technical errors and she had to sing it straight through, and it was not impressive. Which, Ooh. to be honest, listen, before before today when I really looked into this, I thought Katy Perry had a great live singing voice. I'm I'm learning otherwise. Hmm. Okay. And... Do I have a chance <laughs> to respond? Well, I'm going to yes. wait for Blake to give his Taylor Swift part, and then you can okay. respond to that. Okay. I think Taylor Swift, I think her performance was great because she she kept it really simple. You know, just with just an electric guitar, just everything raw, and her voice, she was able to use a bunch of emotion. And the thing is, when she sings, at least in this performance, she sounds just like on the album. And she didn't have a bunch of noise in the background covering up her voice. It was her, just totally exposed with her voice and her guitar. Good point. All right, Tay, go ahead, rebuttal. Okay, so Katy Perry was on MTV's Unplugged. Right? We're doing this as okay. an artist, right? And she sounds great. And I assure you, she's not lip syncing on an unplugged album. Because um, they don't do that. That's the whole thing. There's no big production or anything. And I've heard her sing, um, for example, on her Prismatic tour when I watched that. Um, I could tell that the singing wasn't perfect, but it was still pretty good when on her songs. So... I think that she has background music or like her harmonies and stuff in the back that's recorded, but I think she's singing. And I think that that's just 
there's you hear rumors about that all the time. Blah blah. blah. Someone's lip syncing. Blah, blah blah. But I. But I, but you don't hear ET interviews where she actually says, "I think I'll do a lot of it live." Ooh. Well, yeah. Well, there's obviously going to be some pre-recorded stuff. I mean, because a lot of it is layering in her songs. And so you can't do all the different parts when you're singing simultaneously. And I assure you, Taylor Swift lip syncs also at some point, as far as Marion right. goes. I don't, but we were choosing best live performance. This is based on one performance. So I'm just arguing what what is good to my point. Uh, Blake, you're getting a point from me. I thought what you did with this whole category was phenomenal. You brought something into evidence. I watched it, and I personally, when Wildest Dreams came out on the radio, I hated it. I thought it was annoying. It was completely obnoxious to me with her little <laughs> over and over and over again. But watching this, which I just did, it was actually super impressive to hear her actually make that sound, that re- reproduce that sound live like she did. Um, yeah, I feel it, like I feel like. Sh- Go ahead. You played Taylor well. You played him well. You you knew what he did. He thought he was going to beat us with some flashy lights, but dropping the whole lip-syncing thing kind of diminishes the whole live performance. It really does. So T-Swift's going to vote for me for this one. Natalie? All right, Taylor, I'm with you because I have seen Katy Perry live, and even though you can tell that her voice is not always perfect, she's dancing, she's jumping around she's running and the whole time she was singing and i could tell she was singing live and so that to me but uh, with the super bowl performance your sister watched the watch Katy perry live and she's like ah, her voice is not that great and she's a Katy perry fan the mm. uh, the netflix special the prismatic one I will say, regardless of this, I have things to show you guys after the podcast, but we'll leave that out till till we're Natalie's done. a mole. Taylor paid her off to come in here and just give Katie point, <laughs> Katie Perry it's, points. It's kind of sounding like it. I'm I mean, feeling like 19- it right now. No, nope. I'm- 1989 statistically was the better album in every way. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blake. I thought I, she'd I feel be a some little bias more coming in here. Unbiased. I brought a mole in. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Really, I am trying to be unbiased, but I thought her her Super Bowl performance was phenomenal. I'm with Taylor. Katy Perry has never performed it, or Taylor Swift has never performed at a Super Bowl. So, I'm with Taylor. Thank you. From that, from what you guys both brought into this podcast today, I thought that Blake set up Taylor really nicely to crush him with that category. So, that's why you got a point for me. Moving on. <laughs> now, this this I'm going to be very critical of your answer. I'm no kid gloves for me on this answer. I've worked as a DJ for a basketball team for a college basketball team. So I know all about playing music at sporting events. Tell me who has the better sports event anthem. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. I don't know whose turn it is. I think it's your turn, Blake, to lead off. You know, I didn't even quite get this question. I'm going to be honest with you. This one's kind of probably going to go to Taylor. Um, I don't go to a lot of sporting events anyway, so I feel like this one's kind of out of my league. So, so let's hear Taylor's argument. We'll see where he goes with it. Maybe I'll have a rebuttal. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> well, pass. So, so this. I mean, you you mostly have the point for this anyway, so you can start. So, I went a different angle on this. I didn't. So I think what Ben's thinking is like the song you play in the interim while there's like a timeout or whatever, like a timeout song. Um, yeah, like song to get 
a song to get people pumped up. To get I guess this is viewed as a pump up going. song. Yeah. Right, right. So I went with the uh, the song that Katy Perry wrote for the Olympics this past year, Rise. I mean, ha- what better sporting event song that you can get than a song specifically written for the Olympics? So um, it's a powerful song. Uh, they played it in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, the biggest sporting event uh, in the world. It involves everybody. And so I don't think Taylor Swift has anything to compare to that. I think the question was a little rigged, if I'm being honest. You want to toss it out? Um. Well, obviously I would like to, but if Taylor thinks it's fair, then I'll I'll play with that. That's fine. Let's hear your argument first, or the song. I think he's pick. saying he doesn't have one. Don't I don't have really one? have one. I mean, Taylor Swift, like I said, it's apples and oranges. So some of the comparisons, there were th- some things that I mentioned that that would have only been a Taylor Swift answer and not a Katy Perry answer. And I feel like this is one along the lines of Katy Perry for sure. All right, you know what? Keep it interesting. We're tossing this question. I'm gonna toss it. Natalie, you okay with that? Uh, I'm not okay with that just because I thought, Blake, you could have won this one. Because, Taylor, I don't think you picked a great song. Like, if you were to play that song at a on a, like, timeout or at a halftime, that's not going to get people pumped up. Like, it is inspiring. It's an inspiring song. But people aren't going to be, like, jumping up and down where some of Taylor Swift's song, that's, like, kind of where her strength is. Like, you just want to dance and, you know, get pumped up. Here's what I will say. So when I thought about this, I thought of it pretty basically as in something that has been played at sporting events. And, you know, that's something I knew nothing about. But one thing I thought would be good is if they played Shake It Off, because that's something you could play at any point when someone's losing. It gets everyone pumped up. It gets the crowd remotivated, and it could get the team remotivated. But that's that's really all I had for that. All right, well, based off what Natalie said and Blake and Taylor – I think Rise is a good a, a good song for like inspiration, but it is a bad song. Like I would have never played that during a timeout. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's reason, too slow. The reason I picked it is I didn't know we could have duplicates for our categories. Oh so, well, that's a oh well poor decision yeah, on your Roar, point, Taylor. I thought Roar would be everything <laughs> that you'd be using. Well, I'm yeah. I would if I were. Well, I didn't I know we could have Katie. duplicates. No, so there's a better one. That was my oh bring bring Roar up, man. You're good. No, you're no, 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 Blake. You're gonna point for me because "Shake It Off" gets people dancing. It's definitely not the best, but it's it's better than "Rise." You gotta point it's for gotta... me too because Taylor, that's a poor argument. Okay, Taylor, you should have gone with "Part of Me." "Part of Me" has got a great beat. Yeah, it's about her like overcoming physical obstacles as a marine. People are just jumping around, dancing, just losing their minds to that song. But it's all right. Missed opportunity, Tay. Sorry. <laughs> You guys are tied up right now. I feel like you're. Yeah. I feel like you're. I feel like you're a ref who was calling too many fouls one side. So now you're just punishing me on the other side, like the, like so I gotta make up the calls. That's exactly what is happening right now. No. 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 Yeah. Kangaroo court. <laughs> wow. And this next one, this next category is uh kind of an interesting one because it's best hair. Yeah, best I'm hair. excited for this one. And I'm yeah. really excited that Natalie is here for this one. Yeah, I'm hoping to. I'm very excited yeah. for this. Need the discussion. Um, Set up the criteria here. Well, I don't want to take away from your arguments, but I 
want to hear a wide variety of why you think they have the better hair, like, um, who can pull off more hairstyles, hair lengths, hair colors, who's been more adventurous. Well, not necessarily who's been more adventurous, <laughs> but, you know, What kind of adventurous are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> just, um, yeah, just all around, so, all that good stuff. There you go. Okay. Okay, is it my turn to start? Even though, uh, <laughs> even though so. Blake made me go first, and then so he could rebuttal. Hey, I'll go either way so, on this one. Uh, I'll go either I, way. I'll go first. I think I win this one pretty handily. Um, Katy Perry has better hair than Taylor Swift, and I'm just had gonna, better hair. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me, yeah, this is valid. Current okay, is valid. All right, also. fine. So this was like a golden egg for Blake that Katy Perry cut all her hair off like two weeks ago. So, I, I don't even need that. But, Let me tell but you. With I, don't, that, I don't even need that. With that, if you Google um, Taylor Swift hair, you'll get a long... We're doing it. You'll get long blonde hair with a few different styles. Um, there's like four different styles she wears. Th- this is where I'm hoping Natalie will come through for me, by the way. But, but finish your argument. But Katy Perry, if you Google her hair, she's got every color hair under the rainbow, and she looks good in every single photo, in every different style. She wears ponytails. She wears it long. She wears it short. She wears all these different hairstyles. Uh, she can look good in any hairstyle. I think, I mean, heck, I don't even think she looks terrible with the short hair. I know she doesn't look as good as with the long hair, but she still looks decent and better than i would without hair um and i think taylor swift's I disagree. different i think taylor swift would look terrible if she had purple hair or green hair or any or blue hair i don't think she could pull it off she's conservative she doesn't try a lot of different things and i think that's because people wouldn't accept her okay blake this is where honestly i'm hoping i can relate more to the women on um first of all i'll, I'll talk about katie um, Katie's kind of admitted that she just does different colors. There's not really a real reason to it, which is okay. Um, but she did make a joke, and I don't know if you've come across this or not. Um, I think it was at the Grammys or something, and she's talking about how she's done every color under the sun, and like the only thing she had left was to shave her head. But before that, she had mentioned something about Britney Spears having a mental breakdown and shaving her head, and it was kind of a low blow to Britney and. You know, lo and behold, she ends up doing it, which, Taylor, <laughs> we've talked about this. There could be several reasons she did it, um, but that I thought that was kind of, I don't know. I think she's all over the place, and I actually don't think that's a, I don't think that's a strong point, um, but anyway, let me get to Taylor, Taylor Swift. Um, she went from the curly-haired country cutie to the sexy-haired red lipstick, you know, kind of, she's progressed over her career. Um, and one thing I respect about her that is she has actually stayed pretty close to her natural hair color, which really shows consistency. And I think just watching the evolution of her hairstyles uh, through her albums and just as she's matured as a person, I actually think it's really respectable. Okay. Oh, guys, this is a really, really hard one for me to judge because while Katy Perry can pull off any hair color under the sun. She has wigs. She has real hairstyles. She has all that going. Katie lacks a little bit in the, like, natural hair department, I think. And I think that's where, like, Taylor Swift, her trademark is 
her blonde hair it used to be like her blonde curly hair but now it's her blonde hair you know and she stayed pretty true to that and that's yeah the blonde hair the red lips that's kind of her trademark and i think for having natural hair i think taylor swift has done a great job at pulling off a wide variety of blonde shades as well as hairstyles i think her like old hollywood glam hairstyles are just stunning they're so pretty so blake i'm giving you a point on this thank you yep i'm going with katie perry i think <laughs> taylor swift comes off like a big douche with her pretentious oh look at me look at my old hairstyle i'm so refined i think it's a bunch of bullshit it's annoying <laughs> and she walks around like she's like like 40 years old and she's done something with her life she hasn't and it's annoying at least katie perry's fun <laughs> her chopping her hair off is is disgusting and i think it's a horrible look for her but cutting that out she's got sexier hair even whether it's wig whether it's real it's fun I'm going with Katy Perry. Splitting points. I, I, do, I do have to say I'm very honored that I got the girl vote on that one because I feel like it means more. It does. It means <laughs> so much more, Blake. <laughs> I, I feel like her arguments were a little better, but that, that's <laughs> you, definitely who I was going with on this one. You won 90% of like the real vote right there with her picking Taylor Swift. Yeah, so. you appealed to me. Good job. I'm glad Natalie's here. <laughs> Tate, there you go see this isn't all rigged towards you all right you can stop <laughs> calling foul every time but this next category you guys really have to appeal to me because this is the best girl power song okay so this is the song that girls are just <laughs> willing to lose weight to <laughs> just losing their shit tits out on a girl's night what? Right? What? this is what we're singing to we're dancing around to boy breaks up with us we're going to go home, and we are just going to listen to this song on repeat. Okay? Best girl power song. Let's hear it. Okay, boys. okay, but are you saying, Nellie, you want the girl power song to be something that you, like, party to? Or, like, we don't give a shit about boys, and it's just about us. Yeah, because girl, power, was, totally girl power is empowering women. That was, I yeah, think, I was taking this as, as girl, like, liberating songs. Yeah. yeah. Yes, not not at a bachelorette party song. That's Yeah, getting getting wasted and being no no slutty. i'm just saying like this is our <laughs> this is our girl jam so don't offend us here oh. like this is this is the song that represents us as girls so make your arguments strong boys uh whose turn is it taylor i think it's blake no blake blake go ahead okay i'm just gonna come out of the gate hoping that taylor picked roar because it is the logical <laughs> song um so maybe I'll I'll wait on my rebuttal and see if that is Roar. But for me, I actually chose um, Mean by Taylor Swift. And it's not this liberated woman anthem, but I've come to find that those songs are a little sexist anyway, and they're kind of degrading. Um, but I liked Mean because it's just a simple song um, about being bullied, which, you know, girls definitely go through it. They bully each other. They're rude to each other. And it's just about rising above that and just, just taking the higher road and, you know, just doing you and knowing that things are going to be good for you. Okay, Taylor? Uh, I'm not going with Roar. I'm going on a deep good, track. Good, good work. I'm going on a deep track from Teenage Dream called Pearl. As <gasps> Oh, wow. Insider information. Insider <laughs> no, information. No. little bias no. information. Bias. No. <laughs> And the reason I pick it is because I personally hate that song, which which makes it 
me know that it's an empowering song for women. It talks about how every woman is a pearl inside a rough shell, um, and you just gotta unlock your inner beauty and all this other stuff. And women, can I eat that up? Pearl wait, wait, is I need a... the best girl power song. I I need to say something which I know is just the elephant in the room, but I'm gonna say it anyway and hope that it sticks. Um. Katy Perry, we all know this, and it's no surprise. She's built her career on sexualizing herself. Absolutely. That takes takes a lot away from her songs about talking about your inner beauty. Um, One thing I will mention, it's it's relative. I wish you would have picked Roar. But to me, the most ironic thing in that music video um, is when she's half naked and flexing her arms, talking about how strong women are. And really, the only thing you can see are her big, gigantic boobs with cleavage, like, sitting in your face. I good thought video. that was that was a statement. It was a good video. Um, that was a statement that to me showed what Katy Perry really represents. And I don't think you can really, I don't think you can push that aside when you're writing other songs. Okay, so Taylor just gave you a freaking haymaker, Blake, with Pick and Pearl, it's, right? For at least did. half of the audience or half of the judges here. Can you give me something other than Mean? Because Mean is like way off base let for me, a girl yeah, power song. Let me just song. say because Mean is about girls tearing other girls down. That is essentially what the song is about. So for me, I don't feel like that's a very good girl power song. So we will give you another chance. It feels like Taylor Swift's having a little pity party with Mean. She's just like, everybody's mean to me, so I'm going to talk about it. So give me, give me something else. Something else maybe. Uh, see, this is hard with Taylor because she really writes songs about herself. Um, and, and hopes that it will, no, listen, she writes them in hopes that it will, what she knows will correlate with, with other girls. Um, she doesn't write big anthems, I wouldn't say. That's definitely Katy Perry's strong game. But one thing is, Taylor Swift, I think, sets a better example for the girls. Um, and the other one I would pick, and I almost just don't want to pick it because it's a song that's come up a lot, but Shake It Off is just another one. Um, I think it's a little lighter than kind of the deeper things Katie's singing about, but so what's that know. Taylor Swift I, song where she wrecks the guy's truck? Just another picture to burn. <laughs> just another picture to burn, Blake. That should be your song. That's what I thought well, you would have picked. It should be, but you know, I didn't really know if we were going to go deep with this or kind of surface level kind of girl pop. I figured it was going to be kind of a a little bit deeper. I didn't know this was a song girls are going to blare out to like make themselves happy. I thought it was a song that was really going to hit with girls. Something you need to learn about women, Blake, is that they love trashing men. And a girl power song is about <laughs> trashing men. And that's a Taylor Swift song where she just trashes the shit out of guys. It's true. I should have I should have talked to some married people before I did this podcast. That, that, that would be my suggestion. Sorry to lead your argument here. This is kind of a weird question. So, Taylor, are you sticking with Pearl? Yeah. Pearl's okay, it. well, Blake's getting a point for me, you pussy. I'm never giving Pearl a point. That song is so gay. <laughs> wow. Natalie? <laughs> okay, this is funny because, Taylor, did you know that that is my favorite Katy Perry song? I did not. Okay. I think you did. I did not. I feel like you did. I did not. Um, it's It should be based on my argument. So... Essentially, Pearl is a song about a girl who's not in a strong relationship. Like, she could, it sounds like she may have possibly been abused or neglected or just not seen for what she truly is. And so, I'm giving Taylor the point because I think it's a better song 
just I don't know for girls to it just represents girls better I think because everyone has a relationship in one point that's like they can relate to that so Taylor you got the point for me thank you that's a good point that's like equivalent to the hair one Taylor you got the right point there Blake you got the wrong (laughs) point from me so I'll take it y'all are tied right now this is getting interesting Next up, Rise to Fame. So this is their story of how they came to be as famous and as popular as they are. And I'll just leave it at that. I cannot remember who needs to start, so please just start. It's it's my turn. (laughs) Okay. So everyone loves a good underdog story. Um, Coming, rising from the ashes, not having everything handed to you on a silver platter. And... Katy Perry didn't have anything handed to her. Uh, She grew up in a middle-class American home, uh, unlike some artists that will be uh, talked about in a future time. Um, Oh, oh, keep going. Keep going. um, Her father was a preacher, a good Christian man. Um, Her mom was, too. Yes. That's true. She was. And Katy Perry released a solo album, Katy Hudson, in 2001, and it didn't do well. But... She didn't give up. She kept writing. Uh, she wrote for other artists. And then uh, she hit it big with her first single, I Kissed a Girl. Um, say what you will about her sexualizing herself. She did what needed to be done to take her music career to the next level. And so she uh, rebranded <laughs> herself in amazing fashion. And we now have the Katy Perry we see today. It's a great story about never giving up, um, working hard, and... Um, doing what needs to be done to uh, become successful. Blake? Good job, Taylor. Way to, way, to put a really, way to put a really nice spin on sexualizing yourself to actually make it when you couldn't do it beforehand. That was, that was impressive. Okay, let, let's talk a little bit about Taylor Swift. Yes, let's. Okay, she's been a musician since birth, and I know a lot of girls grow up singing, but um, she's it's it's been her dream all her life. Um, so at twelve, she started to learn to play the guitar. She actually got it when she was younger, but her fingers were too small. Um, after that, she actually around the age of twelve uh, sang the national anthem at a seventy sixers game. That's that's a cool fact that not a lot of people know. Um. So, you know, the underdog story might have a lot to do with just a little bit more talent um, and that making you not so much of an underdog, but I'll keep going. So when she was about 13, she convinced her parents to take her to Nashville over spring break so she could hand out some demos. So imagine this, a little 13-year-old girl walking around handing out demos to to record labels. That's pretty impressive. That's some drive. Um, Around that time, she actually got a development deal from RCA which it's not quite a record deal. It's basically them saying, we'll watch you for about a year and kind of see if we're interested. We'll keep an eye on you. Um, so being fortunate enough that her family could move, they did move to Nashville to support her dreams, which, you know, may not be quite the underdog story, but that's, you know, that's something she had. So you can't really take that from her. Um, it came up to one of the the end of her contracts with RCA and, they had to either choose to to sign her on or to kind of just keep looking at her for another year and see what happens. So she actually did something that 
No one really does. It's kind of a bold move, and she walked away from RCA. That's that's a huge deal. Um, after that, she she performed live a little bit, and she was approached by a guy. I think his name is Scott Borchetta. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and he wanted to sign her to his label. Well, come to find out, he actually didn't have a label. He wanted to start one up. He kind of kind of tricked her in that. But when she found that out, she actually still helped him set up his record label. Um, she was his probably only artist. Um, and through with him, with the underdog record label, I would say, <laughs> uh, they, they released her first album, which, you know, had all been written by her before she was even signed. Um, and after that, she, she did really well. I mean, it sucks, you know, that she didn't get dropped by three different record labels, I think, like Katy Perry did, but she had the talent to, to, to do it the first time. Um, after that, she got invited out on country tours with the biggest names in country. Um, and an interesting fact about when she first started touring, she would go out during every song or one, one song during every concert. And for like five minutes, just hug all her audience, especially like the little <laughs> girls who, who they knew it was her first concert. Um, if I get a chance to respond to this garbage. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you make her look like the biggest cupcake ever. She is. <laughs> America's little or, darling. Or was, at least. You didn't even mention. You cannot deny you didn't even, that little Taylor Swift was a darling. You didn't even mention what her father's profession was. A multi-million dollar investment baker. Um, those dudes in Big Short. One of those dudes. Freaking <laughs> loaded. Snorting cocaine. Whores for days. Um... I bet, I bet he was doing all that. Yeah, let's just um, throw that there. Um, yeah. You can't be an underdog when you have for relatively unlimited resources at your disposal. And that's the difference between Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. If her music career didn't work out, there's no downside for her. She's still going to have money to go to college and do something else. There's no consequence. Um, moving to Nashville, wow, big deal. Uh, when you have millions of dollars in resources, it's really not that impressive, especially going to, with to this. To move to a place? Yes. It does not guarantee you're going to make it. There's Right, but there's but I'm, so many people in Nashville. But I'm saying there's no real consequences. She's not ever going to be homeless. There's nothing that she has to worry about. She's able to fulfill her dreams and try in a safe space. And so for that reason... I think reason, that point is moot, dude. I don't think that's relative to this. It is. Katie had no help from her parents. She moved out to Los Angeles and was just bumming until she made it big. It doesn't change the fact that she failed so many times and had to resort to a certain way of performing to even make a start. She, she did it through shock and awe where Taylor Swift all her life kind of led up to this. Uh, yeah, because she started at 13. Absolutely. She didn't even live a life. It's funny she writes about her experiences because she wasn't even old enough to really write about experiences. I mean, what can you really say that's that interesting at 14? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's shallow. That's all I'm saying. She's fake. That's my... At least her songs, at least her songs actually have actual people's names in them. They actually were what she was going through. They were written by her. All right. Katy Perry's songs all seem too vague to me, but that's beside the point. Here, yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're talking about the underdog, let's talk about ditching RCA, you know, a huge label to start a label with a guy who, who's just getting on his feet as a record producer. 
that's that's pretty underdog in my mind. But there's there's two sides to that. There's bigger risk, but there's also bigger reward. And like we said, the risk is minimal. I mean, she'll have a bigger percentage of her sales if she goes with this new guy. And she probably thought that because she's a conniving bitch. So that's <laughs> she wow. she was approached afterwards if if her documentary or what I watched is accurate at all, which I'm taking it as accurate. Um, then that's that's the facts to that. All right. Now, I know you got a strong opinion about Taylor Swift's rise to fame. I actually do. Um, Taylor Swift, when she won, I feel like she picked her family up and was like, we're moving. Picked him up, moved him to Nashville. So sometimes that kind of bugs me. But I really, really loved the country Taylor Swift. Um, I thought that her music then, I loved her first album i thought it was so good i love that she was playing the guitar i love that she wrote the songs and i really loved that aspect of it um but i feel like breaking into the country scene like was a really smart play on her end because she broke into the country scene because how much easier is it to break into country than break into pop so you know that's that's funny. There's that, and that's true. There's an Alan Jackson song called "Gone Country," which talks exactly about that. So it's definitely something that people do, and it's you know, it's common. I'm gonna synthesize both your arguments here, uh, Blake. This was gonna be a really hard point for you to earn from me because the whole silver spoon thing with Taylor Swift is like impossible for me to actually give her much credit for becoming famous. Like Taylor said, her venture capitalist daddy was like. Oh, honey, I'll help make you a star. Let her move to Nashville. And she, I give her all the props in the world. It was super calculating to go the country route. And then slowly, because obviously she didn't want to stay country. She wanted to get freaking huge. So she took the easiest way in and found a way to get her inroads into the music industry and got big. Katy Perry, on the other hand, she had to work her ass off putting out things that didn't work really struggle, no real support to get anywhere. Yes, she had to do something sexual and outrageous to get attention, but just like Taylor Swift being calculating and going through the country route, she had to do something to get some attention, and it worked out great for her. So, point for Katy Perry for me on this one. (laughs) The guy point, of course. Sorry. This is really, really hard for me. Um... Because part of me wants to go with Taylor Swift, part of me wants to go with Katy Perry. Um, then le- then let's let's break it down to who did it more more ethically. I would say ethically. Come on, <laughs> ethically. I put up. A- Listen, Katy Perry wanted to not use her boobs to make a career. That is just what it is. She really Taylor Swift wanted doesn't to. have boobs. But here's the thing. <laughs> that's an argument. That's that's in her favor. That argument. This is a whole separate argument. But if we're going to go off of, like, who's using their boobs and, like, using their brand to better get them ahead in life and their career. Hey, brands are different. Yeah. Boobs are part of a brand. It's okay to use your brand. It is a different thing. But I feel like Katy Perry is really out front about everything. Where Taylor Swift is like, oh, poor little old me. Like, 
Just like you were saying, like with her story, she's like, poor little me. My family had to move to Tennessee. And it's like, I'm the new girl. You made yourself the new girl. Literally. It's like if you were a hedge fund kid and you're like, oh, I want to go play on the new water polo team across the street. But okay, I will go. And then you got there and you're like, oh, damn it. Nobody knows me. This is so hard. Taylor Swift had supportive parents who appreciated her dreams. They were they were up for it. Her mom was so excited to do that. She's her mom. I don't know if she's her manager, but she's been going on tour with her forever. Like they they love what she's doing. It wasn't something that she, as a brat, pushed on them. So their parents could make more money. You can't really take that from her. (laughs) You can't really take it from her that she had supportive parents. I'm not. I'm just saying that the rise of fame. It's true. It's something I think supportive parents like Katy Perry not having supportive parents. Um, yeah, that's in her favor, but it shouldn't be against Taylor Swift for having an upbringing that allowed her to pursue success. But it's more than ju- it's more than just actual support. It's like an unfair advantage, if you will. Yeah, that's my point. It's not middle they- class. Katy Perry's middle class. If I wanted to do something, my parents would say, "Go for it, great." But they're not going to give me money to do it. Hell, they're not going to move to Nashville for me. That's it's a unrealistic and unfair advantage that she had, and that's my point. Now, Natalie. Okay. Where's your point? I have made my decision. I am going to go um, with Blake for Taylor Swift. Thank you. Wow. Just because wow. I think wow. her... Wow. Her, uh... I, hey, I told you. This, this was, one this I was felt a tough strongly one. about. This, this was, was a tough one for me, though. Like, Katy Perry, she... I don't know. I am I'm. I can't even wrap this up, because I'm... I'm still, we'll just leave so, it at that. Yeah. Point to point to Blake for Taylor Swift. Okay, all right. You guys are splitting points. Blake, up. You're up next. Who is better to hang out with? And we're saying Taylor Swift's entourage as well, because obviously you're not just going to spend one-on-one time with Taylor Swift or Katy Perry. They're always going to have crew. So who would you rather hang out with? Who's better? Okay. Here, here's how I kind of want to lay this out. Um, you're saying we get to hang out with her, right? Like we yes. as fans or whoever. I think Taylor Swift is a lot better to her fans, first of all. She she has all these different contests where she lets people come and hang out with her. And she, she wants to interact with as much of her fan base as possible. Because I personally believe she loves her fans a lot more than Katy Perry. Um, and one thing, I found a video on Katy Perry where she's totally dissing one of her fans. Like, they meet her outside and she's like, they're like, ah, oh, we're your biggest fan. And this girl's like, no, this guy Alex or whoever is. And this girl's like, what? Like, Katy Perry, I don't know. First of all, I think she's probably worse to her fans. I think that's a factor. Yeah. Um, also, just looking at videos of Katy Perry, she's a complete diva. Which, people would say Taylor Swift is a diva, but I think it's a little different. Um, there's plenty of videos of her out there, like, dissing celebrities, just kind of making these snide, kind of bitchy remarks about people. Um next thing i think taylor swift's a lot smarter and she would probably be a more intellectual person and probably probably more fun to hang out with the only thing i think katie has going for her is if you wanted to drink and party you could probably have more fun with katie that that's what i would give her okay fair taylor so first off you guys may not know this um taylor swift has 84 million Twitter followers. It's a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Katy Perry has 99 million Twitter followers. Wow. That's a lot of people. That's a, that's lot. a lot. That's a 
plus 15 million advantage for Katie. So clearly, I'm, let's be honest, there's no harsher community than the online, the internet community, Twitter especially. Uh, they will des- they will destroy you. So the fact that she's pulling in that many more Twitter followers shows me that she's probably pretty damn likable as a person. Um, and another thing... As a, as a brand, yeah. Well... Same with Taylor Swift. I mean, we haven't met him personally. They're brands as far as this argument goes. But secondly, I think you really understand how cool a person is with the things that they do with the fans that actually matters. And I think that a big part of that is uh, music and who's allowed to listen to your music. Um, Taylor Swift removed her music from Spotify because she didn't think she was making enough money. Uh, all of Katy Perry's music's available on Spotify. Also, Taylor Swift complained about... Apple giving a free month trial for Apple Music because she felt she was entitled to some of that money. Um, so we place this like bring this into the argument, but I'm I'm liking it. Keep going. So (laughs) so uh, Taylor Swift may be a superficially nicer person, hugging her fans and doing stuff with her cat and and all the superficial stuff, but behind the scenes, she's pretty ruthless. Um, I feel like as a musician, you have more integrity if you allow your music to be heard by as many people as possible. And so I, that's a big deal for me as a music listener. And I feel like your personality would reflect that action. And therefore, I think Katy Perry would be more fun to hang out with. And also, she was with John Mayer longer than Taylor Swift. And I like John Mayer and think he's a cool dude. And I think that is another reason why Katy Perry is cooler and more fun to hang out with than T-Swift. Can we ask about the entourage real quick? Yeah, uh, this is a this is, this a, is a big point. This is an essential kind of okay. key to this argument. I feel. Who? Okay, because this isn't somewhere like, that I ahead. really shine. So, the entourage obviously Taylor Swift has more friends. If that's what you're getting at, which yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm that talking says like a lot. the celebrities, the crew, like other people that would be in the mix with her. So. I don't really know her entourage very well. We have Selena Gomez, uh, De Levine, the eyebrows girl. I don't really know her name. Carrie Evangeline. Yeah, that girl. Who's she's really attractive. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I know this is something you're wanting me to make a point out of, but I don't really know much about her entourage. Okay. That's that's but, that's fine. I would like to ask Taylor, like, why do you think as a person she'd be fun to hang out with? Like, what traits of her personality that you found you think would be fun? Uh, first off, I think she likes sports from the interactions I've seen with her talking about sports and stuff. I think she's so a, she'd be good for you to hang out well, with. Well, yeah, it's, it's I had to take a personal approach to it. And I also, I look at her music videos, and her music videos look way more fun than Taylor Swift's music videos. Um, Taylor Swift's videos look like what she thinks people are doing when they have fun. <laughs> Katy Perry's is what people are actually doing when they're having fun. If, if you hang out with Katy Perry, after about a week, you're probably going to want to get a test for an STD. That's that's what hanging out with Katy Perry <laughs> Whoa, really it's means. Not a tech. Okay, okay, fine. I mean, no, well, you're fine. talking about it's her not, music it's videos. Not, it's not our let's, fault. let's bring up her music videos. Yeah, let's bring them up. They're all sexualized. That's all she really has to say in a lot of them. Um, I mean, they're they're slower songs. Uh, Last Friday night. That song looks like a riot, man. That song looks fun. Yeah, and after Last Friday night, you're probably gonna want to get an STD test because <laughs> you got blackout drunk. <laughs> oh. Hey, Kenny G was there. He was keeping an eye on everything. 
All right, Natalie, what do you think? Um. Well, I get really annoyed with Taylor Swift because in all of her Instagram pictures, like I said, it's just, look at all these names I can name drop. Look, I'm friends with Carly Kloss. Look, I hang out with Blake Lively. Look at this. Here's Cara Evangeline. And I feel like she's just trying to hang out with celebrities that will help make her look better and will help her get more famous, get more followers. If you look at Instagram, Taylor Swift has way more followers than Katy Perry, but Katy Perry's not out there doing the, like, look at this name dropping. Like, Katy Perry does have friends, but a lot of her friends are not famous. So I, I will say, to, to argue that, though, I think, like I've said before, I think she has a better connection with her fans. I'm pretty sure the guy she went to prom with thought she was fun to hang out with. The high school kid who I think was sick or something, and she went to his prom with him. I what what I was getting at was she's reached out to her fans more in a personal level than I think Katy Perry has. Meaning I think she on like if she were to hang out with them would I don't know, I think she'd have more to offer. I agree that even in her Instagram, especially in her Instagram, she posts things that aren't really relatable to the average person. But I don't know, I think there's two sides to that coin. I think she has her her, you know, her little crew that she hangs out with, but I think she's also good to her fans. Where's your point, Natalie? Um, my point's going to Katy Perry just because I think Katy Perry would be that person that would be like, hey, you guys, let's go do this. You know, probably something crazy that we would never do otherwise, but she's going to get me out there. She's going to get me doing things I've never done before, where with Taylor Swift would be like, hey, let's sit at home and talk shit on people. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is so for myself. I'm actually still split. I don't know who, who I'm going to go with. On one end, I see Katy Perry. I'm like, oh, she looks crazy and fun. She likes sports. That's awesome. But I follow her on Instagram, and I look at some of the things she does, and I'm like, you are super pretentious. She goes to all these weird, like, new age, millennial, hipster parties, like, where they just, like, it, it's clearly just so much money is spent on these kind of audacious activities that I'm kind of like, that doesn't look that fun, you know? So that kind of puts me, you know, off a little bit. Taylor Swift, on the other hand, she looks like she goes to all these cool places and she does have that whole superficial, like, is amazing to her fans. But it's so calculated. Like, she does those things so her fans think she's cooler than she actually is. She has a team of people literally working to find ways to integrate her into their lives in these, like, high-volume, high-impact ways. Like, whether it's going and seeing somebody, like, on her way to a tour to, like, pop in real quick to this girl with cancer and say hi or, like, show up at somebody's dance and just be there for a second and leave. Like, that is cool she does that, but it also feels kind of fake. So, in one sentence, who should I hang out with and why? Taylor, go. Katy Perry, because she's real. Okay, Blake? Um... Yeah, I think I still think Taylor Swift because I think she's more intellectual. She'd she'd have a lot more to offer, I think, to hang out with. And Katy Perry, yeah, you'd be partying with her. So it's it's whichever you'd rather do there, I guess. Well, I'm gonna go with Katy Perry because she likes football and the whole Spotify Apple Music thing with Taylor Swift just pissed me off again. So <laughs> that's two points to to Katy. Okay, all right, we're getting near the end here, guys. Next up. Greatest hits album. This one's going to you, Taylor. So at the end of the day, after all said and done, who is going to have a better 
two album collection of greatest hits. <laughs> Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. <laughs> this is as a whole their career. So I had a real hard time with our album battle, but I was really looking forward to this category because Katy Perry is the queen of singles and greatest hits. Um, her music sticks around way longer than Taylor Swift's. Um, you'll still hear Part of Me on the radio, which is a pretty old single. Um, nowadays, you only hear Wildest Dreams, Shake It Off, and Blank Space, all from her newest album. You don't really hear a lot from her, her earlier work. And I think that's because Katy Perry... Uh, can write a better song individually than Taylor Swift can. I think Taylor Swift can write a better album, but she can't write a better single, and that's what greatest hits are all about, is individual songs. So, I think Katy Perry for that reason. And the and the the numbers show that too. Blake. Okay. Um. Let Let's start with a pretty good greatest hits album, which I think you guys would agree because I know it's one of your favorite bands, The Foo Fighters, right? Great Starts out, great old hits. You don't really hear them much anymore. You don't hear Monkey Wrench on the radio anymore. Um, but it's nice to listen to their, their greatest hits and kind of go through the span of their career. I think Taylor Swift is the exact same way. Um, and, and let me just spew some numbers at you. Hopefully you at least respect Billboard as, you know, a viable way to know what the most popular songs are. Um Taylor Swift has 33 Billboard Top 20s. That's easily two albums of, like, Top 20 radio songs. She has 19 Billboard Top 10s. So, to compare that, Katy Perry has 16 Billboard Top 20s, which is, you know, pretty much half of what Taylor Swift has. And she has 13 Billboard Top 10s. So, good on her for having more Top 10 ratio than Top 20. But Taylor Swift has this catalog. She's got 33 great hits. Um, I don't think Katie compares in any way there. And, and like I said, yeah, you're going back to her country days. But if you listen through that, it's cool to listen to, you know, an artist's whole career of music and do it straight up through the hits. 33 hits. Blake, I'm giving you a point. I think you're absolutely right. As you look at Taylor Swift's progression, it's going to be a much fonder experience to see how she changed through the years. She has a little bit more depth there with that whole country angle, kind of coming into country pop and then going full-blown pop. Who knows where she's going to end up? So I think you definitely made some excellent points there. And Katy Perry's most recent singles, uh, Chain to the Rhythm is okay, but the next two have been complete and utter shit. So I'm curious to see how her legacy ends up. So point for you, Blake, Taylor Swift. Natalie? Um, <laughs> this is another really hard one for me, you guys. It's not, though. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I think I am actually also going to go with Blake for Point for T-Swift. Wow. Which Thank is you. big. That's big. I think I just think that uh, Blake, your argument was really well made. Well Thank done. You. Full circle. You guys are going in as a tie right now. Yep. Last category, official category. Now this is a great question for them. Who's a better dancer, Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? Taylor, is it your turn? No, Blake, it's your turn. Okay. Here's what I think. I think 
really neither of them are great dancers in terms of dancers. Absolutely. Yes. You're um, right. So, so who's better? So here's what I'm comparing here. Um, Katy Perry's dancing. It's simple choreography. And like like I said, I'm going to go there. It's it's very sexualized. That's what a lot of it gets. You use that word a, a lot, lot of with people, Katy Perry, huh, Blake? I mean, come on. It's 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 one easy way to separate her from t- Taylor Swift. <laughs> um so, you know, Katy Perry, I'll respect that she has her choreography, but you know, so does Taylor Swift. They both have dancers. They share the same dancers. We won't get into that whole beef between them, but it's which is it's where obvious. it started. Yeah, exactly, which is kind of a stupid beef. Um Here's, but you here's think about the thing. it. It's a big deal because they can't dance. Yeah. So if they're poaching great okay. dancers from each other, yeah, like that hurts deal. their brand. Yeah. But but let me say this. So I'm Katy just adding, Perry's sorry. dancing. No, you're good. You're good. Um, Katy Perry's dancing. Very simple. Just kind of flaunting her ass and boobs. Everyone knows that. Taylor Swift has coined her awkward dancing, which she's tall and awkward. I think it's adorable that she embraces it. Anytime you see her at any event or just kind of anywhere she's always dancing she loves to dance um here's the thing it's worth noting that she wrote an entire song on dancing and dancing off the haters she kind of made fun of herself for being kind of a silly dancer um and i think that song holds some gravity and she she dances all right in a lot of the different categories of dancing in that so so in closing with that you know they're they're both not great dancers but i think the way taylor dances is just a lot better than the way Katy Perry dances. Hers is a little more generic, where Taylor's has a lot of personality. Okay, Taylor. <laughs> so, first off, I don't think that I or or Miss Katy Perry should be held accountable for the fact that Katy has a much better body than Taylor Swift. And, and I think <laughs> we'd both be remiss if we don't say that if Taylor Swift had a good ass and boobs, that she would flaunt them too. I think, but but remember remember how I lost the vote because Taylor Swift had more going for her financially. I think it could be argued that Katy Perry has more going for her body. So Taylor Ooh. Swift's kind of the underdog there, wouldn't you say? Well, hold on, I like that. I got, Good point. I got Blake. interrupted early. First off, I wasn't done. Go ahead. Um, sorry, but my point isn't that that's a point for her. I'm saying that's not a point against her. Is my point? Um, so that she can't be, she shouldn't be not marked down for that. But anyway, um. I think that since they're both not good dancers, let's be honest, that it should be uh, movement on stage and in videos. And Katy Perry moves around a lot more during a live performance than Taylor Swift. Uh, She's running around singing and dancing all at the same time, which is very hard to do if you've ever played live. And Taylor Swift doesn't move around a lot when she performs live on stage. She kind of stays by that mic. Um, And also, I think that... Uh, choreography is a big thing and Katy Perry's choreography and music and uh, performances is much better than Taylor Swift's. And I think really just the endurance and stamina and the fact that she incorporates so much dancing and movement into her show and shows uh, says a lot about her. And so I I think she wins that category. Okay. Natalie. Uh, Point to Taylor. Which one? Uh, Taylor for Katie. Why? Just, I think... I like her movement better, even though it may be sexualized. I just think it looks better. 
I. Yeah, I don't know. Here's my point: is that anyone can dance, but it becomes sexy if they're hot and they're moving, right? But you can dance really stupid, and it can look dorky. I think Taylor Swift tries to dance, and it ends up always looking awkward. Whereas Katy Perry has a few just simple, just like simple moves that work for her that make her like a slightly better dancer overall. Uh, I don't know, but it feels wrong just picking her for that reason. Hmm. What do you think? Should I tie it up or should I go with Katy Perry? Oh, you should go with Katy well, Perry. Well, I, I say tie it up. I say tie it up. <laughs> you should go with Katy Perry, dude. You know, what's your Ooh. heart telling you? Uh, my heart's telling me Katy Perry. I'm going to go with Katy Perry. Yes! Uh, but it feels kind of wrong. But you just did it. You just did it. Uh, it feels it, it feels really wrong, dude. I feel like you sold out. I didn't love that category. Oh, do you have a better category? No, but I just... That category is kind of silly because neither of them are really, like, known for their dancing. That's you fair. Know? That's fair. I thought it was fun, though, to kind of hash out the losers. It was fun. Just... Because <laughs> it's close. But, it's neither of their strengths. But who made a better argument? That's the question. Taylor, I think well, you made well, a better well, let, let me rebuttal one, yeah. Taylor's argument. Let me rebuttal. Taylor Swift a lot of the time isn't dancing around because she's using instruments, and a lot of her songs are slower. Her upbeat songs, she is dancing around, but you but know when she I don't does think have she to be... dance, who's better? She's totally dancing around. No, but when they both have to dance, you got to dance with one of them. You got to dance with I Katy guess it, Perry it or Taylor Swift. Depends what you respect. If if you want women in a chain bending over slapping each other's asses, which I did see in my studies, yes, um, I would go with Katy Perry. So I think <laughs> you're not helping me or helping yourself. Well, you know, I said it was apples <laughs> and oranges, and I think you really like those big oranges that are you know melons, presented. dude. I like melons. <laughs> Just kidding, but seriously. Okay, do you guys want to know what our tiebreaker question was? I'm curious. Natalie came up with it, I swear to you. This is Natalie's if, idea. Is it, is it unbiased, at least? Go ahead, Natalie. What was your tiebreaker question? Tiebreaker question. Who would you rather see naked? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a pretty biased question. <laughs> okay, on the surface, it seems like it. But... You know Taylor what? Swift is pretty darn modest. Some guys would be like, I don't think there's any naked pictures of Taylor Swift out there. Uh-uh. She hit her belly button for a long time. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. There might be. There's, that's a strong case for her. That was, I did not come up with that question. That was a. I thought it was just funny. Wow. Well, it's, as it, everyone... it's, a, it's a funny tiebreaker, but I'd say it definitely sways towards Kaylee or Katie. Is there any other categories you want to throw in here, Blake? How about, ju- how about um, just final know, statements? Because it's pretty close. It is. It's a I, it's virtual I, tiebreaker. I thought it was worth bringing up who's the better writer or instrumental musician, which I, you know, I thought those both played to Taylor's, Taylor, not our Taylor, Taylor Swift's strengths, which, you know, as a pop musician, I get that that's, sadly, that's less relevant. But Taylor Swift 
I feel like is a stronger instrumentalist and writes more of her stuff. Like we've, me and Taylor have talked about this, and you guys know this. She wrote all of Speak Now, an entire album. That's really impressive. So I don't think her, a lot of her best highlights actually actually got brought up here. Okay, that's fair. Taylor, Katy Perry, final thoughts? Funny thing about Speak Now, it's her worst-selling album. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that in the pop world, you have, you have entertainers and you have singers. And, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about singers, there's singers that are way better than Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, if we're going just on songwriting and, and singing ability. But when you're a pop performer, you have to entertain the people. And it's not just by your singing, and it's not just about the music. That's just part of the pop game. If Taylor didn't want any of that, she should have been like Adele. But she didn't. She went the pop route. She wanted to compete. And so for that, I think Katy Perry is a better entertainer. I think that she would be more fun to watch in person than than Taylor Swift. And that's kind of that's kind of the way I approach this is who's the better entertainer? And I think it goes to Katy. Well, guys, I think you both did a phenomenal job backing up both of them. Blake, I thought your opinions were very fair, very straightforward. Grateful for your opinion. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. Uh, but you know what? If we do this again in a year, Taylor Swift may be winning all categories because Katy Perry's it's, career looks like it's in a downward spiral. It's true. If you actually look at, at sales, total sales, Katy Perry since I think one of the boys or you know that album, I think has dropped every year. Um, where Taylor Swift has actually risen almost every year with 1989 being the highest of any of the albums in sales. So I am really, really excited to see what Taylor comes up with. And, you know, Katie, I think she very much is on her way out the door, especially as you've seen in the past couple months. We'll see what happens. Her new album drops, and I think in like a week or two. Uh, yeah, June 9th. Witness. June 9th for Katy Perry. Witness. So we'll see what happens. And Taylor Swift probably has got one coming out in September. I'm guessing. Yeah, and I hope for the best both ways because, you know, I think they're both great and they write fun singles, and I think everyone can agree on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Taylor, nice job. You win. You don't win a lot on this podcast, but you won this thing. Good job, buddy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I had to dig deep for this one. Uh, Blake was throwing some some uppercuts at me, but (laughs) a couple of haymakers. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, this was surprisingly even the whole way down. Yeah. So, you know, I was expecting this to be an uphill battle, and I'm I'm actually pretty happy with where I came out on these on these topics. Sh- um, I'm sorry I brought Natalie on, but I'm glad <laughs> Natalie came on because clearly she you know, was a Katy Perry uh, apologist. No, no. You know, I think Natalie spoke very true to the women in a lot of the ways, and you know, that's the biggest fan base, and. Especially with the hair category, I was happy to have Natalie on because I feel like she appreciated it a little more. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. Natalie, I think you brought great stuff to the table. Thank you. Well, guys, thanks. This was a lot of fun. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. Tell us what you think. We'll drop a poll this week on Twitter. See who's better. Yeah. yeah. What does the internet think? Let's get yeah. some Let's get some true hate between the, the Perry heads and the Taylor Swifties. It's Swifties and Katie Cats. What the hell? I don't know. I thought it was Kitty Purry. Oh, okay. Katie Cats. That's that's, awesome. Katie Purry is her uh, cat. 
She calls oh, her really? fans her Katie Cats. Yeah. That's that's clever wordplay there. Yeah. Interesting. Well, everybody, have a great week. Go listen to some pop music from these lovely female artists. Tell us what you think. All right. Well, until next time, we'll see you later. We're out.